Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hi everybody, hi everybody, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch. The pizza just arrived, and uh, I'm stoked because uh, my name's Rob, and I'm here. And it is well known that you like pizza. Yeah, I'm like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little bit. Which one? Donatello. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do build machines. Yeah. You do machines. That's You have sex with machines, like Donatello. And I'm pretty good with a stick. Uh, yeah. My stick, to be exact. Especially when it's jammed into a machine. Anyway, Rob, uh, what did we do this week, man? Oh, we did the Iceman, uh, which is a Michael Shannon vehicle from last year, 2013. Uh, where he plays a very real-life person, um, Mr. Kuklinski. How, however, I didn't get to say that this is Carnivorous Couch. and um, Well, yeah, and we're a spoiler-full podcast. Yeah. So we do a film a week from Two Film Geeks. If you Normally, I'd say if you haven't seen the film, don't listen to us. But in this case, do, because seriously, don't see don't, this film. <laughs> Yeah, let me start with the plot synopsis. Okay, Mr. Kuglinski, who's uh, the Iceman, who's a very real contract killer, who is uh, believed to have killed over 100 people, uh, which probably means the number is even higher. Um, That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that's a lot of people to kill. I would think that that would make many a horcrux. He's a go-getter. Oh, wait, you haven't read Harry Potter, so you don't know what that means. Well, I've seen them, and I know that horcruxes are things, little artifacts. Anyway, that's not this movie. You've clearly digested the Harry Potter films as well as anyone could ever digest the books. I have. <laughs> All right, so we open with the scene of this guy, played by Michael Shalin, being asked, Hey, Mr. Klukinski, <laughs> do you have any regrets? And then it cuts to the you know, title sequences, blah, blah, blah. Kind of nondescript, normal helicopter over the city, because this is, I think, New Jersey. Um, anyway, he meets his wife, Winona Ryder, uh, they have a really awkward conversation, she finds him charming, and then we go to a scene at a pool hall, where he's playing pool, and this guy's all like, oh, you're dating that chick who told my friend, like, uh, after th- <laughs> three weeks, that, uh, that, you know, she doesn't have sex till she's married, he must be desperate, and then there's a dispute over the pool table, and they don't want to, they don't want to pay him because they think that he represented himself to be a shitty pool player and then he like ran the table um so he goes fine take the money and then when the guy leaves like michael shannon waits for him outside and like slits his throat uh then after that we go to a baby being born uh cool that's great then we go to him editing porn movies because that's his job um which he says that he works for disney doing voiceover work uh to the chick but anyway then, after that, he meets uh, mobster Ray Liotta, who's like, yo, deadline. And he's like, I'll have it done for you tomorrow. And then, like, they cut his hand and some shit. And uh, then he, uh, at a time, at that point in time, they pull a gun on him, and he doesn't really react, and Ray Liotta goes like, oh, this is one of those guys who can do 
all the shit for me, like killing people because he doesn't have any feelings. Uh, so the next day, uh, Ray Liotta takes him, makes him kill a gun, asks him if he feels anything. He says no. Uh, so then after that, the daughters grow up because uh, this was in 1965 or something, and now we're in like the early to mid-70s. Uh, and then there's a dinner scene, and he's talking about how he's making all this money uh, buying and selling uh, currency on the foreign market. Uh, and so that's obviously the story he's selling to everybody else. And that before that, he was a cartoon voicer. And then, then this one chick goes like, is that what you call him, porn nowadays? You were doing porn, right? You guys used to do porn. What? Did I say something? Did I say something I wasn't supposed to? He did porn. Did you do porn? He did porn. <laughs> Thanks, Woody Allen. Rockefeller, New Jersey Shore, Badunkadunk woman. Let's watch some porn. <laughs> so anyway, then we meet uh, Schwimmer. Uh, or we might have met Schwimmer at this point. It doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it, re- it really does not matter. <laughs> we meet David Schwimmer's character, and then he kills like some uh, fucking Colombian drug lord bagman. And then after that, uh, the two old daughters wake him up. When he's having sex. Yes, because he was having sex in his sleep. Um, <laughs> he was having sex with Winona Ryder, who was doing an excellent job picking an orgasm, and I hear the ping-pong ball trick is actually real. That's Winona Ryder, right? Um, if South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut is to be believed, then yes. yes. Okay. And so <laughs> that happens, and... Um, then his kids wake him up, and this is the scene that we just watched because Brady said that he had to see it again. So, Brady, you want to say what happened to that scene? Oh, yeah, because I, I remember it being kind of self-important, and, yeah, that that's why I needed to see it again, just to remember what exactly they say. And so he's a hitman, and the wife and the daughters don't know, and so the daughters come in, and by the way, Rob and I both concur on this. They're way too old to be interrupting their parents' sex. Definitely. And yeah. what happens? In way another, too one old. One more sentence. Oh, and then, so. Go, 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 go. What? Go. Oh, go. you're <laughs> urging me on, but you're just holding me back. Okay. And the daughter's like, well, people were coming from back from Vietnam. And my teacher, a nun, said that people dying in Vietnam are part of God's plan. It's part of God's plan for them to die. And the Winona Ryder character and the Michael Shannon character say, no, actually, you know, people die without God having anything to do with it. Uh, This clearly being a callback to the fact that Michael Shannon himself is a killer of people and doesn't probably believe that it's part of God's plans for those people to die. Cool. And the next scene is he sees David Schwimmer and he has a falling out with uh, DeMaio, who's, by the way, played by Ray Liotta, which was interesting to see randomly in I guess he can only do mobster movies. Like he's only allowed to do mobster movies. It's in his shoeless Joe. Yeah, it's in it's in it's in his puppeteer's writer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. In Field of Dreams, they cut out the scene where shoeless <laughs> Joe re-murders a bunch of dead baseball players <laughs> with a bat. With a bat. Rat a tat tat. Say hello to my big fat bat. That's right. a callback. We're doing callbacks now to earlier episodes. <laughs> yeah. Because we run deep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so then the dude comes out and says uh, the Cubans are holding Maya responsible. Then we cut to a scene where, like, uh, the daughter ties his tie. That's all that happens in that scene. Then we go back to a porn movie. Um, 
oh, yeah, there's this porn movie that's being filmed. That's what it was. And then, like, Shannon's character, Kuklinski, kills this guy, and then this the hooker sees, and but she's a kid, so he's like, uh, he lets her go, and then he meets this guy, Richard Prawny, who's going to kill her, and then she gets away, and then DeMaio cuts him out because, basically, he let left a witness at a murder scene. So, anyway, he visits his brother... <laughs> Oh, man, I'm making this movie sound worse than it is. <laughs> uh, it, it talks about, um, he visits his brother in prison, talks about his father beating him when they were growing up. His brother's like, dude, you're a family man? Oh, that's fucking bullshit, man. You're not a family man. Neither of us could ever be family man. That's why I'm in here. You should be in here, too, but you didn't get cut. And then he goes like, fuck you, brother. And then we don't ever see the brother again, and there's no reason. Uh, to have that scene. But, um, I mean, other than explaining that he was beaten as a kid. Uh, then... And then he's a man who holds then secrets. Then he, he rear-ends somebody, and then that guy gets out of the car, and then, like, that guy tells him, fuck you and fuck your family, and then he, like, gets in this big car chase with him, and but then the wife, when on writers, really pissed off because she's like... Anyway, shit happens. Fucking... This movie goes for a while. Yeah, stuff uh, happens, and... I was trying to keep this under 10, but now we're at 11. So basically, Schwimmer finally gets killed, but he's still cut out. Uh, the Schwimmer thing was absolutely pointless. Um, I'm yeah, it didn't even... really go anywhere. It was almost just to give the Ray Liotta character something of a character. To do. Not involving Shannon. And then there's this whole convoluted ending where like, he, he gets paid by the same guy who killed Schwimmer, who's from the Colombians, in order to like fucking... He's going to kill a guy, but then the government gets involved and says they'll give him extra money if they also kill this guy by getting the two guys together, and it's all set up, and then he gets caught uh, trying to make arsenic arsenic sandwiches, and then the cat doesn't die, and then he gets arrested, and then it goes back to the same shot at the beginning, and he says, like, no, I'm just sorry for my family. I don't care about anybody else. I don't have any regrets. And that's the end of the movie. And then we find out his family never visited him. Yeah, I guess there's all those fucking subtitles at the end. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Hey, How Did We Like It? Okay. Hey, 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 how do we like it? So, Rob, how did you, or perhaps the better thing to ask is, how in the fuck did anyone like this movie? I liked it um, not very well. I did not do very well at liking this movie. And you want to maybe, you know, obviously we're going to go into more scenes, but what's the crux of your Michael issues? Shannon's a really good actor. Ray Liotta's Ray Liotta. Not a lot of range there. I, sorry, Ray Liotta. Um, I like you, but you've been typecast. So it is believed that you don't have a lot of range. Um, Michael Shannon was good. Schwimmer should no longer be in movies. Um <laughs> <gasps> he should f- make another shitty TV show so I can not watch it. Um, I'll be there for you. Uh, the fucking soundtrack to this film is horrible, and it really detracts from the film. The cinematography, that's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's interesting and well done. I like that scene where he's talking to the guy who's setting him up, and it's all really long, far away, like it's through a zoom lens and blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah. like, theoretically, the camera is the FBI watching. Right. So that was cool. I mean, I like the cinematography. I like Michael Shannon. I didn't like Winona Ryder. Um, I mean, 
she's pretty hot, I guess, but she's not as hot as she used to be. Oh, you know, no, I think she's she's a beautiful woman. Uh, so, what what would you give this? What's your letter grade? Ah, uh, C minus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Brady? How'd you like this movie? I did not like this movie at all. Well, wait, but that's not the question. Is how how did you like it? In what way did you like it? In what way did I like it? I liked that it wasn't an hour longer. Um, no, no, seriously. Okay, let me see if I can. No, I mean, just how did you do at the task of liking it? Oh, I did very poorly. I got to see, just like the movie. I got to see it liking the movie, and the movie got to see it being a worthwhile piece of film. Oh. I got an F at liking the movie, but it still got a C minus. And, and let me see if I can. We're gonna get more into it later, but let me see if I can just give a, a kernel of what my problem is. You know what? One of my big problems is. Remember when Zack Snyder made The Watchmen, and in my opinion, it wasn't very good. And one of the big criticisms. It, it wasn't very good, but I really liked watching it because I had just read the comic book twice. Yeah, right, right fair enough. Well, it's a great book. Um, anyway, but one of the big criticisms he's got slapped with was that he was so. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. Graphic novel. Yeah, yeah, graphic novel. One of the criticisms that Zack Snyder got slapped with for making The Watchmen was that he was so dedicated to telling the story exactly as it appeared in the book. He believed so unequivocally in the value of the source material as it was that he didn't think he had to do anything to make it better. Except for fucking up the ending. Except for, yeah, except for replacing the totally squid. fucking up the ending. And that is... Maybe the core of my issue with this movie, though, far from the only issue. I think the fact that this was based on a true story, the filmmaker, Ariel Vroman, uh, practically a first-time filmmaker, uh, has done some shorts, I think. Yeah. Like, pretty young. I think the fact that it was a true story, he thinks that this material, just the story as it is, is uh, unbelievably interesting because it really happened. And isn't that interesting that a man who was a hitman led a secret family life, and the twain never met. Uh, and he thinks that's fascinating. And just from listening to your plot synopsis, it's really not. It's a really fragmented story with, I think, a very opaque character that is never fleshed out and made interesting. And I love Shannon, but I don't think anything he does here can make this character an interesting character. Yeah, and I would say, like, you know, cut out um, Ray Liotta for the most part. I mean, other than that he gets him into the biz. And cut out Schwimmer entirely. And, yeah, I don't think we really have to know who they are when they come around to the plot, to the part that actually drives the story forward. Yeah, and the Schwimmer character is completely and inessential. please have younger kids. They should not be entering your room with you and talking about Vietnam when they're, like, 13 and 12 and saying, can I stay the night in your bed? Yeah, you know, and, like, every now and then when it's not just going by the actual history of the story... And trusting that that in and of itself has this great value, it makes some pretty heavy-handed statements, I think. And one of the big ones I'm thinking of is I think when he's about to maybe have his second child, and he's at dinner, and he's toasting, and he's saying, oh, we're going to have this great life. And it's cutting that with a montage of him in his early days working as an enforcer for Leota, making all these kills. And you can tell... That in this moment, the filmmaker's like, oh, don't you see? Don't you see the interesting hypocrisy of this man saying he's making this great suburban kind of life, but we're watching him make all these kills? And yeah, the problem is that the filmmaker seems to have chosen the source material because he thought 
it was interesting just by itself. And to me, I mean, I'm I'm glad I know that there was this guy, but I don't think there's anything. I'm glad particularly I know that there was this guy. Yeah, there's this there's guy. just nothing deep or thematically resonant about the simple story of a hitman who led a secret life, unless you're going to do something with it, and the film doesn't. All right, so let's move on to... What's it all about? So, yeah, I think we were starting to touch on this. It's, what is this movie all about? I mean, it's kind of like the story I have about the Collier brothers, right? Is it? Well, I mean, like, okay. So, I've told you the story of the Collier brothers, right? The The two brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if I just made that movie straight and just went like, William Collier goes out to get some shit and keeps bringing shit back and then makes a bunch of tunnels and then the guy, uh, is in the tunnels and one of the booby traps he made collapses on him and then he starves to death and then after that his brother is bringing him, his uh, invalid and blind and so then... He dies because he starves to death because his brother was bringing him food. And blah, blah, blah. and then the, after that, somebody smells it, and then the cops come in and blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I just told that story straight and expected that to be the most interesting part, which the story it would sound like I just what I just said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I think it's, in fact, if anything, this to me is a cautionary tale of if you think that the reason for making your movie is, well, because it really happened, that's not good enough. No, it's not. And, and I mean, to be honest, that's why there aren't really any movies that are just like straight up. And then this happened and then this happened to him. Those are called like 20 minute sh- biography shorts on Jim Carrey in 1997 on MTV or something like that, you know. <laughs> and then Jim was devastated. And then and then and then. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And this is an and then kind of movie. I mean, all those threads that just. Don't go anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm derailing us because what we really want to talk about is what's it all about? Yeah, what is it all about? I mean, I don't think it's really about anything more than the story that happened. So you're not really derailing us. Yeah, I mean, well, if it were, I think it maybe wants to be about something a little. And if it were more focused, maybe it could be a decent enough tale of using this man's example to say that if you keep secrets, big seismic secrets from the ones you love, even if the reasons and the rationale for doing so are founded in you having a good heart and and you having the best interests of your loved ones at heart, it's still not a good idea because this man does this and ends up never seeing his family again. So a good movie about this story, and I guess this movie technically is about it because it happens, I, I guess it's about don't keep secrets like being a hitman from your family. I don't know if we should put David Schwimmer in there. I don't think his name should even be named Schwimmer if he's going to be in a movie like this because he probably was, you know, thrown into the ocean wearing concrete boots. Yeah, in I which case he could not swim. Everyone sinks, not swims. <laughs> um, can we make any other Schwimmer jokes? Was, um, was he an um, apt pupil? I thought that... I have no idea, actually. Did you ever see Apt Pupil? No. That's the one with Ian McKellen and Nazism? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw that. I think it was bad. I mean, I saw it, but... 
Was it bad enough for you at the young age you saw it to know it was really bad? Yeah, I think I watched it. I think it was one of the first movies I watched and realized that it was bad. Nice. That Mine was Batman and Robin. Oh. People behind me started laughing at the robotic plants. I was like, wait, but I thought we were enjoying this. I, I paid money to come see this, and what? why are we not liking this thing that I pay? Oh, well, that's interesting. A you movie can, can be bad that I paid to see? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like when I was watching uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, and we were just laughing our asses off because it was so bad. I've never seen it. Anyway, the lady in front of us turned around and looked at us and said in a very curt but hushed voice, like, how many drugs have you guys done tonight? And we were like, actually none. Unfortunately. Yeah, if we had done drugs, this might be awesome. But we haven't done drugs, so it's really bad. Uh, that and uh, what's the fucking the one with Frankenstein and the? It was like a medieval times vampire hunting movie or something like that. Oh. Uh, with with not Kate Blanchett. Who's the who's the chick who's in Ultraviolet? Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Is that Underworld? Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like a back in the past one. Van Helsing? Van Helsing. There you go. That was Kate Beckinsale was the main whatever, right? I forget. I just Isn't that Hugh Jackman in that? Yeah, it is. But, I mean, there's also Frankenstein, and there's a, you know, there's there's the whole host of the gang, right? And uh, that one I remember being really bad because she comes out of the clouds, and we couldn't, we couldn't resist. Like, at the end, she comes out of the clouds, like her face is in the clouds. <laughs> Once again, spoiler full podcast. Um, and we couldn't we couldn't resist being like Simba. Don't mourn for me, Simba. Because my deep James Earl Jones voice makes me cat bacon tail sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only have it in the afterlife. James Earl Jones's voice just gets Kate Beckinsale all kinds of hot. <laughs> No, uh, no, I like I like Kate Beckinsale speaking with James Earl Jones's voice. Oh, Gets yeah, me okay. all kinds of hot. Hey, that might do it for me. Right. I'd have to see it. Show me some specs. Here, I got an idea. Because we're, I think we're gonna have trouble really delving into the meat of this because there's just not much meat. But uh, let's play a little game. I'm going to test out a little game on you, Rob. I'm going to call this Best in Show, Worst in Show, and it it's pretty much what it sounds like. Give me the performer who's best in show and the performer who's worst in show. Um, Best in show is, of course, Michael, Michael Shannon. Is that how you say his name? Michael I have a feeling Shannon. that it's not spelled like just, well, it's probably spelled normal Michael. But I don't think it's spelled like Shannon. Like no, it is. You know it's the hot chick who lived down the street from me when I. It is. By the way, Shannon. If oh wait, no, the hot chick who was two doors down when we'd rent the lake cabin, uh, a black lake in Michigan. I mean, I was only like six, but I knew she was hot. I mean, she was six too, and I don't think she's hot. I don't think the memory of her now at thirty is hot. But when I was six, you know what? What? Why don't we just? Uh, <laughs> Um anyway, it what's is What's the question? It's it's it is well, first off, it is spelled Michael and Shannon are both spelled in their traditional ways. And the question is best in show and worst in show. Michael Shannon's best in show. 
David Schwimmer's worst show. <laughs> because he th- fails to swim with the concrete boots on. You okay? And and he was real bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Even though I I really like Michael Shannon a lot as an actor, uh, I mean it's it's hard to say that he's my best in show when I found the character itself just the chief problem with this. I mean, and the problem I felt was like he's just he's not even like I don't like Dexter. Take for example Dexter. I don't think that's like a great show. I think. At its best, it's maybe a very good one. But there's no question that a character like Michael C. Hall makes that character at least sing and have nuances. This guy's just a dumb lunkhead. He's just he's like a lunkhead. As Leota describes him, he's dead-eyed and dumb and completely uninteresting. And But he cares about his family. He's managed to overcome his sociopathy. And I think that really comes through with Shannon. You know, he, Shannon does his best... If I'm being honest, best in show for me might be Chris Evans, just because this thing needs a, a bolt of entertainment and levity. Does and Chris Evans play the other hitman. Yeah, the one All who right. drives the ice oh, cream well, truck. I'll go with you on that. I mean, he was I, okay in the first scene I saw him. I was like, that. I hope I don't see him again because that was bad, and I hope he doesn't continue for a lot of screen time along this bad path. But then after that, he was good. I feel like they shouldn't have used that take. Yeah, maybe not. Like I feel the like the first one when he's running down the girl. Yeah, I feel like that was shot. Um, I feel like that was shot like day two of shooting, <laughs> and and he kind of phoned it like he was hungover, and he's like, "Fuck, can I? Can my character have glasses?" And then they're like, yeah, we better put a bunch of fake facial hair on your face to make the glasses work. And then like, and then he acted and it didn't work out. It's just like, uh, I'm trying to, trying to tell this guy he wasn't good at what he was doing, but my head just hurt so much and I'm nauseated. But yeah. then after that, he was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I after agree. After that, he was like a computer hacker in like a stereotypical action movie. He was a very good ancillary character. All right. Oh, and then worst in show for me is is Ryder easily. Winona Ryder for me is. Oh, Schwimmer was so much worse. What the? Oh, her lines are so wooden and and it's it's partly also the screenwriter's fault. Because yeah, but, but how about that fake orgasm? Well, I mean, I, I actually forget what that sounded like. Huh. Well, go so, ahead and tell me why Winona Ryder. Blah blah blah. Bad. Well, well, okay, I. Well, because she's she's shrill and wooden to me in the way she delivers her lines. And part of it is that opening date scene, which I just think like is is the first wrong step in a series of wrong steps for the film. And it has an example in it of something this film script did that drove me crazy, which is it it writes things like you're opening an improv scene where like you need to explain a bunch of things to someone with dialogue. So the first, pretty much the first line, you know, once we cut to them meeting each other, is Winona Ryder being like, you know, it's it's not very polite to invite a girl out to coffee and to not say anything. And the f- film is filled with lines like this, I can remember. Like, at one point we have a friend character being like to Michael Shannon, hey, you know, you'll, you, you and I are best friends, so you should uh, tell me this. Like, it's the script just has a heavy, heavy hand, which really curdles when it meets up with the film's kind of self-importance yeah i mean i could totally see what you mean hey i got that orgasm for you hold on 
All right. Serve it up. I've heard worse. Yeah, yeah, there's been worse, and I bet I bet you she just did that. Just, you know, they fucking drive Ash and Kutcher kind of insane. Why? Wait, no, that's Demi Moore. Oh, that's Demi Moore. Wait, who did who did Winona Ryder fuck that was young? I forget. Well, if Demi Moore had played this part, she would have done that. I mean, yeah... And that performance just puts me just above because I mean right before that, actually. We got all the sure. We got Schwimmer. And you get to see them side by side in their most intense acting experiences in the film. Good good shooting. Took you all seven shots of that Desert Eagle. Oh, yeah. But here we see, watch this. When he runs down the stairs, he looks like three times. He's like, left, right, left, right, up, down. Okay. I mean, this is Schwimmer's best, and that was her best. Here we go. Run away. And then, smash cut to. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that, that helps to put it in perspective. So I think the editor was really just trying to, like, show us the two worst performers side by side and to me the orgasm takes it i mean she i mean she's yeah. better than the worst oh better than swimmer yeah but then see that's like her single best moment of acting in the film cuz for the most part and and god help her it's not her fault but she's asked by the screenwriter either to carry big expositional dialogue or to try to cram the filmmaker's idea that any of this is illuminating on the human condition so she she's forced to give those bad vietnam lines and yeah she's just laden with some of the worst dialogue in the script yeah and and then she drinks it like a and she drinks it like someone drinking who, it out of a ladle yeah it's laden with them i mean this is way speculative but to me she says these lines like someone who is just a true believer in the director like you know, he came to me and he talked to me about why he really felt this was a good project. And I, I agree. I'm going to really give it my all because this is like really something to be taken earnestly and without any humor whatsoever. And with that, we shall go do the exact same thing in our understudy. All right. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay but we've got two understudies and to be honest they're probably more famous anyway so try to guess the actors try to guess the movies tweet us at c-a-r-n-y couch this game called understudy is happening 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 right now tell me something max what do you make of this game well, I don't mean to be critical, but in my opinion, it's not a very eloquent sport. I think you're right. Thank you. Never in my wildest imaginations did I dream I would have sons like these. 
What does your dad do, Max? He's a neurosurgeon. Is he? Yeah. Over at St. Joseph's, personally. I could never see myself cutting open somebody's brain. But he enjoys it. You were in Vietnam, weren't you? Uh-huh. Were you in the shit? Yeah, Max. I was in the shit. We lost that one, didn't we? See you Sunday, Mr. Bloom. What Sunday? Oh, that's right. The twins' birthday party. You want to come? I'd love to, except mm. I already have a previous obligation. But thanks for the invitation. Hey, Max, um, come work for me. What? Come work for me. I may not be rich, Mr. Bloom, and my father may only be a doctor, but we manage. Well, I didn't mean it like that. I, I just thought it might be nice to have you in the company. Oh, I appreciate the offer, but I've got everything I need right here at Rushmore, as long as they don't kick me out. Besides, it wouldn't be fair. One turns. Excuse me, Mr. Bloom. Nice talking with you. You're on the team? I'm an alternate. What wouldn't be fair, Max? We'd make too much money working on the same team. That was uncertain. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. Hey everybody, we're back. That was an excellent round of understudy. I think it's my turn now to pick a scene to talk about. I mean, there are so many good ones. Um, I okay. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll be cheap about this. This is easy way for me to do it. Um, I'm going to talk about the fact using the trope of the beginning and the ending being the same thing. Like, you get a shot where somebody asks a question. Okay, okay. so here's the mentality with it. Uh, and it's basically the Citizen Kane mentality, right? Which is like, at the beginning, he goes, Rosebud. And then somebody goes, what is Rosebud? Hmm, hey there. Everybody's buzzing. William Randolph Hearst has died, and everybody wants to know who Rosebud is, right? So, and then you go through the whole movie, and then by the end, you go back to that scene at the beginning, and you answer what Rosebud is, right? Right. Okay, so... um. This movie does the same thing, in which case it starts off with the thing, do you have any regrets, Mr. Kuklinski? And then we go through the whole movie, and then he gets sentenced, and then he, like, is in the courtroom, and then it, like, does a fade over cut where he goes, like, I don't have any regrets. Not at all. The only regrets I have are hurting my family. All right, so this is a really bad use of having one scene, like, have a really, like, it was, like, it was like it didn't, it didn't lend itself to being done like that, mm-hmm. and they just decided to to sandwich it because it's a tried and true technique of cinema. But you know what? If the scene doesn't dictate it, don't fucking do it. Oh yeah, no, it hurts the film. It really hurts the film. Yeah, because because especially since the opening half of the scene is like, it's just a line. I mean, first they off, just show that, like it's literally under under a two second shot. 
like, let me let me say this. Rob and I are film geeks. We're probably more likely than the average viewer to maybe avoid any real spoilers or even big synopses for a film just to not get spoiled on it. Most of the American public, they're going to be like, what is this thing about before I'm going to stick it in my DVD player? And even I, who didn't try to seek out a bunch of information prior to watching this, knew that he was a hitman. So there's no suspense in that scene well, framing, I think it, I, I do think you have any regrets? Like, maybe if I didn't know, I'd be like, oh, well, why was I think the whole thing is, I think the the reason that they did it, and this is, like, but it's like shoehorning it in, forcing it, is, you know, within two scenes, uh, maybe like three and a half minutes from there, they talk about how he doesn't have any remorse and blah, blah, blah. So, like, we're supposed to assume from that 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 first, the answer to that first question is, no, I don't have any regrets. Yeah, so within a short period of time, we know he doesn't have regrets. But it it turns out that he does because he's able to overcome his problem and his problem with sociopathy and be able to care about his family, at least. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's So so that's the part of the film. But... Really, that's a weak standpoint. And really, if you want to drive that home, you got to show, you got to give us something else other than just, do you have any regrets, Mister Kuklinski? Like, think about like Kill Bill and in, incorporates this technique, right? Like right. Bill is, you know, like she's been shot in the head, and he's talking to her at the beginning, and that's like a really intense scene. And it kind of being able to snap back to that at any point in time and do it makes us just reminds us of why the film is happening. But we couldn't do that with this, and thank God they don't. But, I mean, you... Well, Bill is an interesting, intellectually stimulating psychopath. Now, I'd say there's an example of a more kind of dull, focused psychopath that I think was done well recently, but you agree less, and that's Ryan Gosling in Drive. But that's one of the hardest lines to thread, is to make someone who's essentially just a dull, dead-eyed meathead interesting it's it's an incredible challenge and even if shannon were up to it and i don't think he can entirely is the script doesn't support him so he's doomed from the start yeah i mean i here's the problem with this movie is like when i heard about it i, I heard edelstein review it actually and that's how i heard about it and he, he actually wasn't too it was not as near as negative on it as we are. I don't know if he, it was a positive review. Edelstein will give something fairly neutral if he obviously doesn't like it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had high hopes. I thought that this could do something, and I thought that this story could be something. Uh, but like you said, I think they just fucking stuck to the hard line of... Uh, just tell the story because the story on its own is well, okay. Wait a minute, because that doesn't even work. They can't possibly think that. Then why the fuck would we have this ancillary plot line that which really has nothing to do with anything? Yeah, if the entire thing is you think it's so great, the story about this guy who was a secret hitman for years, and the punchline is he eventually gets arrested and loses the thing that he was doing it all for. Why give away in the opening shot that he gets arrested? Like, there's no rosebud here. There's just his awful, scraggly beard. That's there, There's no suspense operating in any yeah, of this Yeah, he movie. doesn't even shave in prison. I mean, that's yeah. probably the most fun thing you can do in prison. Rosebeard. And also, this movie has a, an hour and 45-minute running time. Right, so <laughs> it feels long. It feels like it feels like it feels one like two ten. Yeah, no, it feels like one of those two and a half hour like 
life and times of biopics. Okay, but an hour and 45 minutes is way too long for a story this long. Oh, completely. Like those ancillary s- scenes with Schwimmer and blah, 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 and like kind of the convolutedness of it. It, al- it almost feels like the editor got... Sorry, editor. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> if you're one of the tens of listeners out there. Um, oh, if, if he's that. listening, listen, man. Do better. Yeah. Um, it seems like you edited, you worked really hard on editing the beginning, and then at the end you just got tired of editing, <laughs> and so you, and maybe like you edited a scene or two that you thought was interesting, but other than that you just kind of just tacked the shots together and trimmed, 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 trim. like I was trying to figure out the cue point for when Schwimmer finishes running down the stairwell and when none of the writer's orgasm begins, and that was really hard. Because there's a lot of extraneous shit in there. Yeah. Editor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say Beatles. Hey, editor. You don't just need to put the film together, editor. You need to also trim it down, editor. Like remove things, editor. Editor. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, that's that's just one more thing, and we didn't even talk about that in our like, hey, 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 how do you like it? But that's another extremely problematic element to the film. That uh, what might have made it interesting is at least wondering about his fate. Well, I mean, here's my whole thing. Like, I'm working on a film right now, as you know, right? Right. Right. And my whole thing is, I have a pretty simple story with some interesting background to throw in. I'm saying 82 minutes, and that's probably a little too long. But 82 minutes is probably good for... Okay, everybody who wants to make a film, 82 minutes is probably good for most feature films, unless you're really, really good at making film. Right? Yeah. It's like like 350 pages is good for a novel, unless you're an excellent novelist. You know, I mean, generally being concise is probably a good idea for a young filmmaker. Now, here, I'll, I'll say this, because this is a film about a character. It's about the Iceman. It's completely, it's focus, it's reason for existing is thinking that the life of this character demands to be told. So listen, filmmakers, there are many examples of long movies that tap into the soul and the reason for being and the existence of fascinating characters and totally justify their length in doing so because we're just fascinated in watching them develop. Lawrence of Arabia is an example. This year's Blue is the Warmest Color is a good example. But the problem is that shit is lightning in a bottle. Really, like, look at Michael Shannon, who's a great actor. He can't even do it when the part is wrong. It's lightning in a bottle to get a character so fascinating that people will just want to watch his life play out for nearly three hours. And, yeah, this film gambles on it. Or even two hours. Even two hours. Yeah, and this game... This game? This game fambles on it. (laughs) (laughs) This game fambles on it and loses. I mean, this fame lambles on it and gooses. Gambling fame can't be a gizzard. This thing... This film gambles on that and loses, is what you're trying to say, right? Loses loses hard. What are you trying to say, this, this lamb gambles on it and floozes. Well, <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't said that yet. All right. Well, I mean, I said it for you, so now you don't have to. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, sir. 
Um, I think we should go do our round of Metacritical because we don't we. Um, th- this film doesn't deserve as much abuse as we have given it, and if we gave it any more, we we might uh, we might make somebody cry. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not abuse. It's we've got to talk about the thing. Yeah, and if but... it had anything good to mention, okay, here, wait, okay, fine, positive compliment sandwich. This is going to be an open face compliment sandwich since I have one compliment to give. <laughs> okay, anybody who's involved with this film, Handsomely if you haven't hung lit. yourself yet, listen to this. Often. Times handsomely lit and lensed. Some of the interiors looked nice. If anything, the least bit compelling were happening within those spaces, that would have been cool. Uh, well, yes, absolutely. And if um, editor hadn't fucked your shit up. Man, oh, wait. We're, we're <laughs> throwing bows. <laughs> sorry, I was trying to be uh, Yeah, I'm sorry, but this positive, is... Positive, positive. Uh, yeah, cinematography was very good. Um, uh, I, I do have to say, soundtrack person... Whoever the fuck you are, lay off the techno, okay? That really, like, kind of, like, oh, yeah. 1975. A little craft work would have been nice. Yeah, exactly. Just keep it minimalist if you're going to use sequencers and fucking synths. But that wasn't even a synth. That was just MIDI patches from, like, a really bad... No, yeah, it was your, like, standard, like... And then all of a sudden, yeah, but nobody was running. No, no one was like running. It, it, like if, if people were just making angry, yeah, face. if it was, if it was like, it was like, um, you know, bang, 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 womp, 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 womp. Then David Swimmer runs down the stairs, and he looks left, he looks right, he looks left, he looks straight, and then, um, and then, uh, when Nona Ryder starts coming, uh, then it might work, maybe. But other than that. Fucking stick the the orchestral shit was fine. Just stay with that. Okay, uh, back after Metacritical. Right after this, a Metacritical. Rob's never gonna win. A Metacritical. Brady's the victor again. Woo-hoo. So it's time to play. Woo-hoo. I'm gonna lose today. Metacritical, yeah, it's time, time to play. Hey, what's up, people? It's Metacritical. Yeah. Yep. Um, Brady, pick a movie. Pick a movie? Okay, let me see. No, I'm going to pick a movie. Okay. They probably don't have it. What? Ghostbusters. Okay. That's from the 80s, but... You never know. Sometimes these uh, older movies, if they're considered classics or extremely popular, and the Ghostbusters falls somewhere in between those two poles, uh, sometimes they can show up. All right, Brady, you pick a movie. Okay, I'll pick... I'm going to pick Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man, what is that? It's the Ron Howard boxing uh, depression drama with Russell Crowe like, and Paul like Giamatti. 1930s depression? Yeah, in the 1930s. When did it come out? It came out in 2005. Was it critically acclaimed? Uh, yeah, I think it was It was pretty well liked. Yeah, yeah. By critics or yeah, by, by people? Uh, by, by critics uh, and I'm people. I'm going to go with 68. 
Okay. I'm going to go 72. You and your twos. 69. Wow. So you gain... Oh, I mean, I guess we both... You're a point off. I'm three points off. Bitch. All right, it's your turn. My turn to pick a film, eh? My turn to pick a film. My turn to pick a film. Oh, yeah. My turn. I can't think of anything. It's got to be like in the past like 15 years or something to be on there at all, huh? Yeah, it's going to Princess help. Mononoke. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do 88. All right, 88. I'll go... I'll go 82. Correct answer is 76. Okay, so I was closer on that one. Only by six points. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This is still... This is still a hunt. Actually, Brady's just going to get them all within two away, like he fucking always fucking does. All right, Brady, pick a film. Something right. you don't know too much about. No, Something yeah, you I'm, haven't seen, maybe. Something I haven't seen. <laughs> um, but then it's, it's hard to remember it if I haven't seen it. Yeah, something you always wanted to see, but you didn't see. What did I always want to see, but I never saw it? Yeah. Um, okay. I have lots of those. I can think of five off the top of my head. <laughs> I just go see what I want to see. Um, let's see. No, no, no. Sometimes you have to wait for someone. Yeah, I know. You, you know, I've, I've done that dance. Okay, let's, let's just get right down into it. Okay, uh, what I've always wanted to see, uh, you can count on me. You can count on me. I haven't heard of it. It's, uh, basically the film that broke Mark Ruffalo and was a big Laura Linney step too. And it's about like a brother-sister relationship and the brother's kind of a ne'er-do-well. That's uh, 54. 54? What's it called? You can count on me. All right, hold on. I'm going 85. 85. I was. I actually hit it dead on. Wow. That, that puts me at 31. Yeah, that's... All right, your turn. Fuck, I just had one. And I can't remember it now. (laughs) I mean, I had it a second ago. Oh, give it a second. A second? Fuck, what what was it? I had one in my brain. I had a movie. Thought of. It was a good movie for this game. Real good? Real, real good? I mean, it's perfect for this game. It's gone now, though. Into the ether. The aviator. The aviator. All right. Let's do that. All right. Sounds good. Oh, that's right. I have to say something. I'm going to go with 84. If you couldn't tell, I raised my eyebrows at Brady. 87 for me. problem with this game is Brady doesn't colossally fuck up ever, and I colossally fuck up three-fifths of the time. So, like, there's no way for me to get the points back once I fuck it up. Like, Brady will just be <laughs> off by, like, two or three. 
for the rest of the game, and I'll be off by like 30 once. I know. No, I, I'm a boring player. I don't take any risks. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. I was hoping it was higher. All right. Well, that's almost five. Uh, we've oh, we've done four now. Uh, don't we, we do six normally? Oh, oh, we do six. Okay. Okay. Let me think. Rob, tell me an actor you really like. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Okay. Let's do Man on the Moon. Ooh, I don't know if they'll have that one. Oh, I think they will. All right. We'll go 74. You know, that film was, I think, critically undervalued. I really like that film. I'm going to go 61. Fifty-eight. Yeah, see, that's too low. People were so hard on that movie. That's fucking ridiculous. That's that's like sixteen for me. Yeah, it's. I think it's Jim Carrey's best performance, and it's a lovely little love letter to comedy. Those bastards have no heart. So I scored seventy. And this is like golf, where you want to score real low. Oh, what did you score? Oh, we. I thought you got negative sixteen. Or did you? Didn't you say seventy-four? One plus twelve, plus. Oh, you're counting up your score already. Yeah, you got one more. There's one more round. We're up to five. Uh, oh, we're doing six. That's right. Shit. 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 McNulty. <laughs> All right, it's your turn to pick a movie. Is it now? Yeah. She. Yeah. Defecation. The World's End. The World's End. Okay. 72. 72. I'm going 82. What movie is this? The World's End. What happens in that movie? Uh, you know, in the midst of a pub crawl, uh, aliens suddenly appear and are trying to take over a town. Aren't they robots? Oh, are they? I need to see it again. 81 is the correct answer. 81. Which puts me at 72. Oh, wait, no. It's even further away. I got 20. I'm negative 20. I've got 81. I'm off by 81. All right. Well, we need some other people to play this game so I don't feel all visionably horrible and have to play darts with Brady's pupils with a pen. Yeah, it also helps there to be more random movie selections, right? Because we're... Especially reacting to that, otherwise it's bad talk. We need an impartial arbiter to choose these films. Because otherwise, it's like I'm trying to fight myself. Like, okay, don't pick anything you know. 
Well, I mean, just don't pick anything you know. Pick movies you haven't seen. Yeah, but that's, and it's hard to think of their names if I haven't seen them. Sometimes. Why? You know every movie that's come out and been this, that. I know, but it's hard to this come up with pod. it off the top. Back with the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, that game was hard. Brady is a hard opponent to play against. What are you doing? You already recorded this part of the show. Why are we? Why are we recording this? So, uh, so let's talk about the ice. Time band. to go back to the rest of the show. A Metacritical. I won again. Fuck you. You suggested Spring Breakers. I know, but you're gonna suggest another one too. Oh, okay. This is for next week. Wait, for the week after this upcoming week? No, no. The thing we're going to watch next. Yeah, the thing we're going to watch next. I thought you wanted Spring Breakers. Well, I mean, I'm going to suggest more than one. Okay. I mean, I feel like there's two of us, so we should suggest at least four different movies. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, give us another. Give us I another, told you, Romancing the Stone. Okay. Um, Romancing the Stone, cool. For my next... Zemeckis. I'm Early gonna, Zemeckis. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I'll suggest another 2013 and just throw out uh, The Act of Killing, the documentary from this year. No, well, we're not doing that. Well, shoot. I'll need a lot of breaks for that. And that's just something that won't work with you and me. Because I'll have to punch you every time we take a break. You don't have to. I mean, I do. It's the rule. Oh, uh, yeah. Whenever there's a break, fucking charter. Brady. I hate our charter. Anyway, so we've picked four movies. <laughs> Which one are we going to do? Well, we've picked three that we're not. I mean, that we are doing, possibly. Uh, so we've, we're not. we've just thrown the act of killing out wholesale. I threw okay. it right out because I'm, I'm going to need breaks for that. I can't sit down and watch that entire thing. I'm, I'm throwing out Romancing the Stone then. Oh, motherfucker. Well, then we're doing Spring Breakers. Yeah, we... We knew that was happening, but you just heard a few other really good films you should check out. So, so there you go. That's why we nominate four. Yeah, for you. It's the word listener. of mouth. We're and about the films first and the heroine second. And Brady's friend from San Jose. Which oh JJ. Three, two, one. JJ theme song. Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob Did I say something? Did I say something I wasn't supposed to? He did porn. Did you do porn? He did porn. Can I stay the night in your bed? Let's watch some porn.